We're back in Psalms today. We're back on the 25th Psalm. Lord willing, we're just going to kind of set up camp here for a couple of weeks. We started this Psalm last week, and I felt like that there was uh, some more to it. We read the first five verses, and I said, you know what, let's go a little deeper uh, into the 25th Psalm and uh, see if there's some other things that God may can teach us through it. <laughs> Psalm chapter 25, if you want to turn there, I encourage you to do so now. We're going to start with verse 6 this morning. Starting with verse 6. We'll read through the text and then we'll kind of go back and we'll break everything down. Psalm chapter 25, verse 6. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he shows sinners the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep his covenant and decrees. Because of your name, Yahweh, forgive my sin, for it is great. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in just these few verses, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would just take control of my mind and my mouth right now, dear Lord, that the words that are spoken are words that are from you, God, that the words that are heard by each one here are words that the Holy Spirit calls into their heart, calls into their mind, God, that we can recognize our our are standing before you, dear Lord, that we are sinners, but that we can also recognize your greatness, dear Lord, and the forgiveness that you have, that we can learn something through these words of David, God, and through the life of David. So I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. Let these words this morning be, be words that are going to be beneficial to us. We thank you that we can come and worship you, and let it all be for your glory today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. We started off uh, last week in the psalm, and we saw that, that David was, was turning to the Lord. We see this attitude that David had where he realized that there was really nowhere else that he could turn in his life when things may come up, when enemies may come about, when temptations may arise, whatever it may be that David was going through, or whatever it may be that we go through, there is nowhere else that we should turn in our life than the Lord. In all reality, there really is nowhere else that we can turn. Now, we do sometimes turn to other things, to other people, uh, for, for comfort, for satisfaction, for guidance even, that aren't the Lord. And oftentimes, those situations, those people, those things that we may turn to may lead us in the wrong direction or may cause us to go down a path that God does not desire for us to go down. But what David knew is that the only place that he can turn was to the Lord. He talked about last week in the verses we read that he wanted God to guide him. He wanted God to show him the right paths to travel on. 
And the same should be true for us as Christians. It should be the Lord who we seek uh, for guidance for the right path to travel on so that we can discern, so that we can know truth from lies, so that we can know what God is leading us to as opposed to what the enemy is leading us to. Because what God leads us to is for our own safety and for our own care and for our own good. But what the enemy leads us to is for our destruction. So we want discernment like David was asking for. We want to seek the Lord for that guidance, for that discernment, for that wisdom that is going to lead us to a good place, that is going to lead us to a place of joy and comfort and satisfaction and peacefulness. And that's a brief overview of what we talked about last week in the first five verses. And we're taking a little bit of a, a shift today in verse 6. David says, Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. Now, David says, do not remember my sins. You see, David knew full well his, his standing before the Lord. David knew that he was a sinner. But David also knew that God was a God of faithful love, that God was a God of mercy, that God was a God of grace. And David says, look, Lord, as you remember me, don't remember me based on what I did in my past. But, Lord, rather remember me based on who you are. That is, God, when you think about me, have compassion on me because of your faithful love. Now, this is, this is kind of an important phrasing that David would say, Look, God, remember me and have compassion on me based on, on, on you and who you are. Because who God is is a perfect God. And God made a promise to Abraham, and we see in the Bible that it says that God swore by himself when he made the promise to Abraham to bless Abraham and his descendants. It says that God promised by himself because there was no greater to swear by. There was no one else as part of the arrangements. God says, I'm making this and I'm standing by it because I say it and I swear by myself that I am going to be there for my people and I'm going to bless and take care of them and make them prosper if they are obedient to me. And that was, that was not based on anything uh, that we who were God's children would do. That was an unconditional covenant. There was no condition. God says, this is how it's going to be because I say it and I swear by myself. And we see the people of Israel often failing in their sinfulness and disobedience. And we can relate to that. Sometimes I think we may read of the children of Israel and we say, boy, look at them, shame on them, they should know better. And I say, we need to look in the mirror and say, boy, look at me, I should know better. Shame on me. Sometimes we don't need to look at Israel and say, shame on them, but rather we need to examine our own life and see what's going on. And oftentimes, Israel would, would sin against the Lord. We see Israel sin against the Lord greatly when they come out of the Exodus. Uh, when, they, when they come from the land of Egypt and they're, 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 the, the Egyptians are chasing them and they're saying, we should just go back. We, we were better off where we were as slaves. We see as they wander around in the wilderness as God's trying to get them into the promised land. They're disobedient. They have to wander around and all this time we see the nation of Israel doing what is evil in the Lord's sight. 
When Moses goes up on the mountain and he's with the Lord and he's receiving the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone, lo and behold, by the time he gets back down, what have the children of Israel done but made a golden calf? They have made an idol. And God was angry with them and God wanted to destroy them. And you know what, what, what God said? God said, look, Moses, I'm going to destroy these people and I'm going to make you a great nation. And Moses said, hold up, Lord. Don't forget your promise. Don't forget your promise. And so God, because he swore by himself and there was no greater, because of God's faithful love, not because of the faithful love of the Israelites, they weren't even, they weren't even worshiping. They were worshiping a gold cow that they had made with their own hands. So not because of the Israelites' faithful love, but because of God's own faithful love, did he have mercy on them. It's not that they didn't have to face some punishment for what they did. But God still, in his faithful love, he was compassionate toward them. And that's the same faithful love that even, even this wicked Israel who had sinned, the same faithful love that God had compassion on them, David is saying, look God, I know who you are. I know that you are a God of faithful love. And so therefore, don't judge me based on my sinfulness because David says, look, I realize that I am a wretched sinner, but please God, in your mercy and your compassion, because of your faithful love, don't remember the sins of my past, but have mercy on me. And that prayer may be a good prayer for us too as Christians. Because sometimes we may not realize just how sinful we are. We may sometimes forget just how faithful that God is. Now it's not that we are to, to take God's love and that we are to use that as a license to sin. But sometimes we need to be reminded and we need to have the same attitude that David has and realize that we have sinned in a way that God should not forgive us. That we don't deserve to be forgiven. But we need to be reminded of the fact that God doesn't forgive us because we deserve to be forgiven. God forgives us because of his faithful love. God doesn't forgive us based on the fact of what we can do. God forgives us based on the fact of what Jesus has done. And it's because of his faithful love that we are forgiven. And so we go to the Lord and we seek the Lord and we ask the Lord to forgive us. Don't remember our sins anymore. But God, because of your faithful love, that is Jesus Christ dying on the cross. God, don't remember my sins anymore, but forgive me, God. And we, at that point, should turn from our sinfulness, not continue to live in our sinfulness. And so David understood something very important, and we need to understand the same thing. You see, sometimes the devil will hold our sin over us and tell us that we don't deserve to be forgiven. And that is true. We in and of ourselves don't deserve to be forgiven. But praise the Lord that God said, I'm going to send Jesus. Not because you deserve him, but because I love you. And so next time the devil tries to hold that over you and say, look, you've sinned too much. We need to say, look, God, forgive me for what I've done. Don't remember my sins anymore, but forgive me through your faithful love, through Jesus Christ on the cross. Let's read a little further. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he shows sinners the way. Isn't that nice of God? Isn't that pretty awesome of God? Because God could just say, 
You are sinners, therefore you've made your choices, now live by them. God could do that. God could say you're sinners and I'm done with you. He could have done that. But God chose not to do that. Because of his goodness, God chose to show sinners the way. You see, David, in the first part of this psalm, he was asking God to show him the way. He was saying, look, God, show me the path to go on. Guide me in the right way that I should go. And here we see in this verse that that is exactly what God does. God says, look, I see your sinners, but I want to show you the way of forgiveness. I want to show you the way of redemption. I want to show you the way of restoration. And so David is praying that God would show him the way, and that's exactly what God does. He shows sinners the way. When he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to die on the cross, God was showing sinners the way. He was bringing light in the midst of darkness. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in complete and utter darkness before, but you can't see anything. You can't see anything while it's dark. But it doesn't take very much light at all. Just a match being lit can, can give you some hope. It can help you to see your way around. It can help you to navigate. Even if you can't say everything in the darkness, just the smallest little bit of light will help you to guide you out of the darkness and into a place of safety. And that's what Jesus was for us. Jesus was the light that, that was going to guide us as sinners. Jesus is the light who is going to show us the way. Jesus is God's way of saying, look here, here is the way to go. Here is the way for sinners to go so that sinners can be forgiven, so that sinners can be with me for all of eternity, because that is what God desired to do. And God is saying, Jesus is the way. And God does show sinners the way. <clears throat> He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them in his way. Now, God shows sinners the way, but he goes on uh, in this verse, David does, to say that he shows, the, or excuse me, he leads the humble in what is right. It's very important there that he uses the word humble. You see, God desires to lead sinners from their sinfulness to restoration. But those who God can lead are those who humble themselves before him. You see, that's the problem with so many sinners. That's the problem with some of us who may be Christians. Is that is that God can't lead us on the way that we want to go because we have not humbled ourselves before him. There are some who have not accepted Christ because of their pride. There are some who are living in their sinfulness and they don't see the way to go. Because they, they don't want to see the way they go. They don't want to acknowledge that there is a God. They don't want to acknowledge that Jesus is the plan of salvation. They don't want to acknowledge any of that. They believe that they are in control and they can do what they want and they can do their way. And therefore their pride have, has kept them from seeing the way, from seeing what God, the path that God wants to lead them on. But it says here that God leads the humble. That is those who recognize their standing before God, just as David did. That is those of us who recognize we are living in sinfulness and that, look, without, apart from God's faithful love and grace and mercy, we are hopeless. And when we humble ourselves, when we come to that attitude, then we are able to, to be led. We are able to be taught. Have you ever tried to teach somebody something and they didn't want to hear? They thought they knew everything? 
If you've ever had a teenage kid, then you know what I'm talking about. If you try to tell a teenage kid how to do something, you can forget it. Because teenagers know every single thing there is to know. You can't teach somebody who knows everything. But you know what happens is, as we begin to age, we begin to realize that we don't know everything. And some of you still may think you do, and i got news for you, you don't. But as we begin to, to, to grow old, hopefully, we are humbled a little bit. And sometimes we get humbled the hard way because our parents or grandparents or somebody told us what not to do, but we knew what to do and we did it our way and guess what? It got us in trouble. Got us in big trouble. And sometimes we're humbled, not because we want to be, because we just are. And so we begin to realize as we grow old that, that look, we may not know everything and spiritually we should be the same way. Spiritually, sometimes we have to be humbled. Because God tries to get our attention and we won't humble ourselves before Him. And sometimes God has to humble us. But we should humbly come before the Lord and say, Look, God, I don't know the way. I don't have all the answers. I'm struggling, dear Lord, in my sinfulness and my, with my enemies. All these things are on me and I'm struggling, God. But I'm coming before you. I'm humbling myself saying that I need help, God. Please show me the way. And the text says that God leads the humble. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. You see, we, can, we become very teachable when we, when we humble ourselves and say, I need to learn from you, Lord. I need you to lead me. And that humbling spirit in which we come to the Lord with, that is what allows the Lord to teach us so that we can know what he desires for us to do. All the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep His covenant and decrees. So if we want to uh, be in the Lord's ways and know His faithful love and truth, we must, we must do what He says. We must be obedient to His Word and what He calls us to. He goes on to finish, Because of your name, Yahweh, forgive my sin, for it is great. Boy, that kind of sums it up right there. That verse kind of sums it up. He says, look, God, he's been through all this stuff. He's, he, he, he's, he's praying for the Lord to deliver him, to guide him, to help him. But it really all comes down to this. He says, God, because of your name, Yahweh, forgive my sin, for it is great. He realizes that he is a sinner and that God alone is the only one who is able to forgive him. That God alone is the only one who can give him mercy and who can give him grace. And there's nothing he can do to earn God's forgiveness. There's nothing he can do that he can say. No hoops he can jump through. He realizes that it's God alone and by him coming to God and having faith and saying, Look God, please restore, deliver, and take care of me. Show me your way that those things can take place. And maybe... We need to have the same attitude, well, not maybe, we definitely need to have the same attitude as David. That is, we need to recognize that we are sinners, and that may be hard for us to acknowledge sometimes. It may be hard for us to seek the Lord for help sometimes. Perhaps the devil has convinced us that God is not listening because of our sinfulness. Now, it, it is no doubt that it may be our sinfulness that is, that is keeping us from having a relationship that God wants us to have. Even for those of us who are Christians, when sin enters our life, it messes with our relationship with the Lord. 
For those of you who do not have a relationship with the Lord, it's because your sinfulness is keeping you apart from the Lord. It is our sinfulness that keeps us from having the joy that God desires for us to have. But it is only the Lord who can, who can give us that. And it's only by us coming to Him saying, Look, God, deliver me from my current situation. Deliver me from my current sinfulness. Lead me on the way to go. Show me, God, your path. Show me the way so that I, as a sinner, can experience the love and the joy and the comfort and the peace that you want to give. So there may be some of you who are looking for that today. There may be some of you who are Christians and, you've, and, and, and you're not traveling down the right path and you need to make a U-turn. And you need to go a different way. Maybe the path that you're traveling on has led you into sinfulness and you know that that is affecting your relationship with God and with other people. And we need to do what David did and say, Dear Lord, I come to you because I'm a sinner and I'm a wretched sinner and I don't deserve your mercy, but please, God, I'm coming to you boldly. Would you please forgive me and have mercy on me? And we see a God in the Bible that that is who God is. He is a God of compassion. Go and read your Bible. You see that God has compassion on His people all the time. Compassion, compassion, compassion. That word shows up all throughout the Bible. So if you're a Christian and you've gotten off track and went down the wrong path, then ask God to show you the right way, just as David did, lead you on the right path. But maybe there are some of you, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You've, you've, you've just been living your own way and you think, I don't need to be forgiven. I'm doing pretty good for myself. But you realize that something is missing. And there is sinfulness between you and the Lord. And you haven't sinned too much for God to forgive you. Even if the enemy says, look, you're too far gone. We serve a wonderful and gracious and merciful God. And if you come to Him, Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has taken everything for you. He's taken the punishment so that you can be forgiven of your sinfulness. But we, like David, have to come before the Lord and humble ourselves and ask Him to forgive us. Let's pray. God, we thank You for this psalm today. We thank You for this attitude that David had. Help us to learn from, from his attitude, from his heart. God, help us to be humbled. Help us to humble ourselves before You, dear Lord. Help us to see sinfulness that may be in our life, God. Help us to know your greatness, that you, are, that you are great, dear Lord, and we are sinners, and we come to you, and you love us, and you forgive us, not based on what we do, but, Father God, based on what Jesus did. So we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for what he did. I pray that if there's one that's struggling with something today, that they would come and give it to you and seek you. God, maybe there are some in here that have never accepted Jesus Christ, and they've never asked for your forgiveness They've never experienced it, God, but hopefully today they see that you are a God of love and compassion and mercy and that you are the only way that we can be forgiven. So, God, I pray that they would come to Jesus today and accept him as Lord and Savior. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.